Hey, welcome to the Natural Curiosity Project. Caterpillars are going to turn into the huge green ones over there. Um, so we're able to bring things that are in that sort of process. So here's some polyphemus caterpillars that are about to do that. I don't know if you can see, but their head is sort of pushed forward, and then there's a bigger brown sort of neck there. That neck, that's their new head. So they're going to pop off their old face, crawl out of their skin sometime today or tomorrow. So that's why you should come check back in every once in a while down here. Hi folks, I'm Steve Shepard and I'm the host of the Natural Curiosity Project. Thanks for stopping by. I recorded that during a bio-blitz in Montpelier, Vermont, not far from where I live. If you don't know what a bio-blitz is, don't worry, there's a whole episode coming up about it. Basically, it's a 24-hour party attended by naturalists and volunteer citizen scientists, adults and kids alike, for the sole purpose of digging in the mud sweeping nets across tall grasses, turning over rocks, scanning trees with binoculars, and doing anything else that will help to find and identify every single living thing in that area in 24 hours. It really is a party. One that uses the goldenrod gall caterpillar, that's something we say it's polyembryonic. It lays one egg and the egg splits into as many eggs as will fit in the caterpillar. So one tiny little goldenrod caterpillar can have a hundred little wasps in it. So, here's what I hope to accomplish with this podcast and why I hope you'll be a regular visitor. Basically, I want it to be the podcast equivalent of a bio-blitz. But I won't just focus on biology. We're going to talk about whatever comes along that's interesting and fun. I've been a citizen scientist since I was eight years old. No matter where we lived, I chased lizards, frogs, snakes, weird-looking insects, birds, and whatever mammal wandered my way. I collected rocks and leaves and feathers, wood samples, seashells, butterflies, and soil. I looked at things through a cheap little microscope and marveled at what came into focus, wiggling under the lens. With my dissecting kit, I disassembled whatever dead thing I could get my hands on. I was a naturalist before there was such a thing. My bedroom was always full of critters in jars and cages. My mom was a saint. I was also, still am actually, a voracious reader. I read about 140 books a year. My friends and I read Hardy Boys and Tom Swift and Doc Savage. We devoured H.G. Wells and Jules Verne. We loved Boys Life magazine, and when we got haircuts, we dove into Field and Stream and Argosy. From those books and from my outdoor adventures, I discovered the wonder of the world. I became curious, always looking for something new to learn. When I was 13, my dad was transferred overseas, so I spent my teenage years in Madrid, Spain, where I discovered the wonders of language and culture and travel, and how much fun it is to have a conversation with someone with whom you don't share a common language. You'd be amazed how far hand gestures and a smile will take you. 
So that's my story. I'm a curious person. I've learned over the years that curiosity leads to knowledge, and knowledge is the sworn enemy of ignorance. The fact is, I believe such a powerful statement and not one to be wielded lightly. It's who I am, but perhaps more importantly, it's why I am. I believe that education and awareness and knowledge and wisdom matter because those are the forces that push back the darkness of ignorance. They're the parents of curiosity, the engine that drives and ultimately creates an informed, intelligent, analytical, effective human being. It saddens me that we've become a nation of extremes with a complete loss of reasonable and rational public discourse. When I was a kid growing up in Madrid, there were clubs, bars really, where college professors and intellectuals would mingle with laborers and chefs and anyone who'd come together with something to say. It was called a tertulia. They'd pick a topic and then they'd argue it to death over a beer or a brandy or a small glass of wine, loudly and fiercely, but always with respect for the other person's opinion. That's important because they listened to what the other person had to say, whether they agreed with them or not. They listened because there was always the chance that they might learn something and, yes, maybe have their mind changed by the other person. Today, instead of political parties that behave like Spanish tertulias, debating big ideas, arguing fiercely but respectfully about messy national challenges, working to make things better, always willing to consider an alternate opinion, our politicians behave like street gangs. Bloods and Crips, Sharks and Jets. This is our territory, that's yours. I'm a 100% right, you're a 100% not. Instead of trying to move forward, they actively encourage entrenchment in the status quo, and the result is stalemate and paralysis and inertia and systemic discord. Here's the deal. In spite of what you may have heard or read or been pounded by on social media, here's what we absolutely know. Vaccines do work. The earth is not flat. Climate change and global warming really are happening regardless of how cold it is in the winter. We have actually been to the moon numerous times and there really are earth-controlled robots wandering the surface of Mars. And those white plumes that high-flying jets create, those aren't chemical trails designed by some dark government agency to make you sick as part of some weird experiment. This is science. And the nice thing about science is that it's true, whether people believe it or not. And that's why I started this podcast. Too many people don't believe, and that's sad because they're missing out on the opportunity to be awed and amazed and inspired by things that are all around us. Because I've got a captive audience. So every year I get to see new things. Um, we raised about 200 tilipi caterpillars this year. Um, this we've reared before. Do you see this guy right here? It's one of the best bark mimics. They'll be active right now and they're relatively common, but do you think anyone's going to see one of these this whole bio blitz? No. have to be pretty lucky. The only time I found them in the wild, I leant against a tree and it was squishy. Um, but this year... I hope you find the topics I'm going to talk about interesting. For the Natural Curiosity Project, I'm Steve Shepard. Thanks again for dropping by.